welcome. Everything is fine. This is a Good Place Podcast, brought to you by Nerdy Things Pod Productions. We're the Nerdy Boys. I'm Tim. This is Kevin and Jules. Say hi, guys. Hello. And you have found your way to Everything is Fine, a podcast entirely about NBC's hit TV show, The Good Place, which we all love. We are going week by week, going from episode one to episode, I think, 26, hoping to catch you up by the time the season three premiere comes this fall. We would like to invite you to get involved with us more than just listening to the podcast. We thank you that you're here, but we have a discussion group. It's on Facebook. We've got new members joining all the time now. We had another new one today, which is fantastic. You can go to Facebook.com or the app or whatever you do and then search Everything is Fine up at the top and you will see us there. We also have an Instagram page. It's called Everything is Fine Podcast. You can find stuff that we repost from the actors, cool little quotes that we picked from the episodes during the week, and other fun stuff like that. But our main hub, because we are Nerdy Things Pod Productions, is nerdythingspod.com. You can find out about this podcast. This podcast? You can find out, find out about this podcast there. And then uh, also our other podcast, Nerdy Things Podcast, as well as some pop culture news. So it's a good source for that kind of stuff. And the social medias of myself and Jules the Human and Kevin, who actually used social media twice tonight, which is unusual for him. So hopefully this will entice him to get involved (laughs) a little more. Uh, We would also ask you, because this is so important to a new podcast, if you guys like us, which, I mean, this is episode five, so I assume you like us a little if you've made it this far. You're kind of in it for life if you're here already. Episode five, eh, we're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. If you made it five episodes into a podcast, you're interested, okay? And for a new podcast (laughs) like we are, it's very important that we get ratings and reviews, especially on iTunes, because it's how other fine folks like yourself will find us. So if you could make your way over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating or less, or or a five-star rating, that would be great. And a review, because we like to read reviews. We do this on our other podcast. We like to read reviews on the show itself. So we would appreciate it if you would do that stuff with us. But let's get into business. The reason why you came, we're going to talk about the show and we're going to do our little pre-show talk. And and last week we were introduced to Jason Mendoza's butthole. And so guys, <laughs> if you were in the good place, what would your butthole look like? Oh, I kind of liked his idea of just having video games there because I feel like I don't have a whole lot of time for video games. And if you're on the Nerdy Things right. podcast, if you're from the Nerdy Things podcast, you know that I still haven't gotten Nintendo Switch. So I think in The Good Place, I would have a lot of time to just play through all the video games that I have not gotten to. I'm going to play, of course, the new God of War. All I'm going to 100% uh, the new Mario game, you know, all that good stuff. I'm going to 100% Zelda, of course. Breath of the Wild. I'm going to go through all those, but a bun- probably a bunch of video games. And I don't know as far as looks. I mean, definitely. I just want, you know what I've always wanted, guys? I just want, what are they called? Bean bags or a bean bag chair. <laughs> I haven't oh, sat God. in a bean bag or bean bag chair in like forever. Definitely have at least one bean bag chair and a lot of pillows. So I would just have a room full of Legos, <laughs> but because it's the good place, it wouldn't hurt when you stepped on them. So you so just leave them fine. scattered all over the place and go in barefoot and it wouldn't even They're matter. just everywhere. It's like, oh, that one's the Millennium Falcon. 
I can tell because of reasons. I'll put it together someday. This one's Hogwarts, I think. Yeah, it'd be just like that. Like, I wouldn't actually put them together, but I'd have them. Uh, Could you live in all that chaos, Kevin? Could you? Yeah, well, okay. I've been to oh, Kevin's place before. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never mind. It's an organized mess of chaos. <laughs> organized chaos. Well, what about you, Tim? So What's your I'm, butthole I'm torn look like? between two ideas. Uh, as somebody who used to work in uh, the sales and design of high-end home theater systems, I would love to have like a place where a bunch of people could come over and and play games, video games, uh, watch movies, TV shows. So that, you know, like really souped up a home theater with the multiple levels, the reclining chairs, the, you know, the really interesting design. I don't know. Maybe I do like a Hyrule design around it. So I'm torn between that and then just being selfish because the one thing I said I've always wanted (laughs) that I'll probably never have in my life because I'd never have the room for it in my house is one room, two speakers, two exceptional speakers. A rack of electronics in the middle to power those exceptional speakers and an Eames chair. If anybody knows what an Eames chair is, it's a it's a classic, a mid-century design. It was featured it's been featured in many television shows, but most iconically in Frasier's television show. It is where his father's chair oh, ended the, up going. It's the one in the background. That, chair? that is ergonomically okay. one of the greatest design chairs ever. I just want the Eames chair pointed at these two speakers so I can listen to the greatest music, my favorite music in all of its glory in peace by myself. I'll never have that. And in my good place, I think I'd want that. But that wouldn't be a butthole because I wouldn't bring anybody back there to to be one of my sure. buds. See, the problem with all of us is we kind of don't like people. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So the point of a butthole. Well, Jason Mendoza was kind of by himself for a while. Yeah. I mean, for most of the time, he was he had his yeah. uh, singular butthole by himself. It's the idea of the butthole. He would bring buds there if he, if he had liked them or had them. He would definitely hmm. bring Pillboy there. Right. Okay. Like, no question about it. <laughs> right? All right. So get on the but Facebook no, discussion boy. group this week and tell us what would be in your butthole. What would your butthole look like? What would be up your butt in your butthole? What would your butthole be like? That's well, what we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but right. moving on, this week's actor news. There really wasn't any. It was a slow week uh, for these guys. They're, they're back to filming, so they're kind of busy. Um, we got a new role that was announced last week for Kristen Bell, so there wasn't a whole lot going on. But I did come across this really interesting article on Vulture, Vulture.com, and it's the Good Place cast on their eight favorite Ted Danson stories. Because we love Ted Danson. I love Ted Danson. I just think he's one of the greatest mm-hmm. guys. He's he's an environmentalist. He's he's a, a, a philanthropist. He's just a great guy. And apparently behind the scenes, he's equally as as varied in, in what he can do. So uh, I'm not going to go through all eight of them, but I'm going to I'm going to read a couple. Uh, Ted Danson as the gross out master. So we're going to get you guys' reaction to this. Few people could get away with random acts of wasting perfectly good candy and scaring the hell out of people as a result of a third act twist involving sad, said candy. But Danson in a notable, is a notable exception, says Manny Jacinto. I remember there was this one time we were eating Swedish fish and all of a sudden he just paused. I don't know if this was a party trick or if it just came to him in the spot, but he was able to eat the Swedish fish through his mouth take a piece of it, and then snort it through his nose like a booger, it freaks all of us out. 
William Jackson Harper ran across the stage. I ran for my life. We just didn't know what was going on. Witnessing the moment right there, I was like, oh my goodness, if anything, Ted Danson is actually Jason Mendoza, the biggest child in this whole set. <laughs> Guys. Oh my goodness. Eating a Swedish fish and th- like, like blowing it, snot rocket out of your nose. No, that's disgusting. That, how does, how do you even do that? How does that even happen? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Do not answer that. Let's that's move on. That's crazy. Swedish fish are kind of big. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture this, but that's, that's, I don't know. That's pretty funny. That's like a dad joke sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty party, much a little party trick. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, I don't even know what to make of that, but that's Ted Danson. He comes across as a charming gentleman and then all of a sudden, you know, throws some Swedish fish out his nose. The bow ties, the bow ties will get you. <laughs> You just think he's like super one way, <laughs> then he's uh, flinging a Swedish fish at you. Four oh, bow ties boy. this episode. Why? So this I is this I... is more the gentleman side. This is more the the bow tie oh. side. But Jamila Jamil, who plays Tahani, she tells a story about the a time that he, she and Ted Danson were dancing, and I like the way she tells this story because she said it was essentially Ted Danson teaching me how to dance because I'm quite tall and no one has ever been able to try and twirl me around. She says, honestly, on occasion, men have just kind of rubbed their genitals on me because that's what dancing is in our generation. But to have someone in such a gentlemanly way twirl me around the dance floor like I was light as a feather was amazing. That's kind of beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. How tall is she? Do we... Do we get that? Well, if you look at her next to Ted Danson, she's not far off him, and he's like six no. three, I think. So she's tall. Like she's very tall. How tall? Shout out to Google. Five eleven. Okay. Ted Danson six two. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was six two, six three, but yeah. So I miss I can I can dance with Jamila. <laughs> she's a little bit shorter than me. All right. Nice. We'll reach out to her oh, on social boy. media and tell her that you want to dance amazing. with her. From what we've been talking about. And you're tall AF. <laughs> yeah, tall AF. I gotta sit. <laughs> Not even gonna bring this back. Not even gonna bring it to this so podcast. Guys Not even gonna and bring gals it on everything is fine. Going back to our early days at the Nerdy Things podcast, Jules told us a story. Oh, you're going to get into about it. Oh, how I thought you were changing the subject. Rides in the front seat of an Uber, and I talked about how that's basically a serial killer move. Like that's the only person who rides in the front seat of an Uber. And Jules's excuse was, "I don't ride in the back seat because I'm tall AF." You get more room in the front. <laughs> more leg But room. now, since I'm self-conscious now and everybody stops me on the street because, hey, you're the guy that rides in the front, I sit in the back now. So All sucky. cramped up, like knees against his chest, just sitting back there. All yep. Ted Danson like. Um, so, all right. So, so here's here's another one. Ted Danson, the teddy bear. Uh, apparently, uh, he, she, he called Kristen Bell and left her a voicemail. And apparently he does this. He doesn't text them. He sends voicemails and Kristen Bell says, like, who sends a voicemail these days? But one day (laughs) it was, you know, in between shoots off off season. She just got a voicemail and it said, hey, baby doll, just thinking about you and the girls and Dax and hoping everything is well. That's all. What? Who does that? That's super (laughs) great. (laughs) That's like a grandpa move. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. 
I mean, I think like he's part of that higher generation where it's like, eh, I'll just call him. I just want to hear your voice. And it's like, what? No, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Who does that? That's that's really sweet, though. So the last one is Ted Danson as the acting coach, apparently. So it was, uh, you know, when they first started doing a new TV show, there's some tension. People are nervous. Is it going to be good? Is it not going to be good? And you're acting with TV royalty in Ted Danson. Well, Kristen Bell said he had a particular way of making her feel at ease and he would pretend to fart on her repeatedly just to calm her nerves. And while horribly disgusting, it worked. Fair enough. Huh. How does that? I don't know. Yeah, it just eases That's the tension. Cool, I guess. You know, everybody's just kind of doing their thing. Listen, you get a guy who teaches people to dance, who makes sweet voicemail calls randomly just to tell you how much he's thinking about you, and then shoots Swedish fish out of his nose and farts on you. That's a well-rounded man. <laughs> as I said, right behind there. the scenes, he's just as varied as he is in real life, apparently. Ted Danson, a true oh, treasure to our community here at Everything is Fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that said, our next point of business is easily the best point of business. It's the one that is continuing three weeks later to get me stopped in the street. I'm getting voicemails. People are calling me saying, Tim, I love the Out of Context Quotes of the Week. I can't wait for next week's edition of Out of Context Quotes of the Week. I'm getting it all over the place. I had someone walk up and slap me and say, I need an out of context quote right now or I will See? slap you again. I, I just, I honestly didn't know how to respond. Like I couldn't well, come up with you anything. Got slapped. It was probably not the best motivator. But that said, this is it, guys. This is out of context. Quotes of the week. Jules, kick it off. Oh, I got to get into it. This one is from Ted Danson. Let's see. Let's see. I got to remember the scene. Okay. Oh, I'd love to make small talk. Been practicing too. I'm amazing at it. <laughs> and that was, that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to try and say it the way that she said it. Cheaty, you're basic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> There's another uh, Ted Danson one. This is a Ted Danson full episode right now. Um, everyone have a wonderful day because I fixed the sinkhole. I didn't fix the sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin those, those are my Kevin take. what do you those got Alright I got I framed one innocent alligator dealer To save one 60 person <laughs> dance crew I love how He's in Basically in one scene this week And we get an out of context quote from Jason He only oh, needs yeah. to be in one scene And he can deliver <laughs> Oh yeah absolutely um, I have my birdie has a hat. Mm, that was a good one. That could be the episode title right there. And whip whip out that chalkboard, big boy. Show me what you're working with. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, it was it was a little tougher this week because there wasn't as much Jason. We got spoiled last week by so much Jason, and we only had one scene really this week. But we got some other good stuff. I loved the idea of a grown man saying, Nothing! Oh man, that was great. <laughs> and then GD did great right there. We are experts in massage. Not erotic massage, but that's often where it leads. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. 
Yes. And then this this one is definitely just the way it's delivered is one of my favorite ones. I'm not going to have sex with someone just to get them to stop talking to me. <laughs> you and I are completely different from each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now here without a context quotes of the week. All right, guys. Yay. So let's get into it. Episode five. You All know right. what that means? Our world famous. <sighs> Synopsis by Kevin. Oh boy. So in this episode, they are dealing with the fact that there is a sinkhole underneath the restaurant that is growing and Michael is freaking the fuck out because he does not know what is causing it. And so he locks down the neighborhood seconds after Chidi and, and Eleanor decide that they are going to split and never talk to each other ever again. And then Michael brings over the two weirdest people to live with them because they live right near the sinkhole and they totally want to bone Chidi and Eleanor. And then they go through counseling and Eleanor pushes Chidi out in the middle of the river on a boat. <laughs> the end. Yes, that's what happened. That's a good. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So this was, this was a fun episode. It was, it was a little simpler than some of the other ones have been a little bit less, uh, you know, kind of boom explosion-y so to speak. But it was a good episode. No, but it was it was a good yes. background episode. Oh yeah, and I think this Fantastic. is one of the first times that we actually really start to get into a complex moral philosophy element. The utilitarian dilemma is something that's not it's not just straightforward. It's not like last week where you just choose to do what's good for for other people before what's good for you, I and mean, that's pretty straightforward. The util utilitarianism says that the correct choice is the choice that results in the most good or pleasure and the least pain and suffering. But as Chidi points out, you could then almost justify any bad action for the greater good, so to speak. I think I can think of a really big real world example, and it was called the Nazis. I mean, that that was like their whole platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you, if you take it to an extreme, this really can be a pretty nasty thing. Um, but it, on its base level, it's it's kind of a good outlook. Did you guys have any kind of like real world and, examples or anything that you could think of to talk about utilitarian dilemmas? Um, I, I mean, I did nothing. I, nothing I want to share on the podcast. One time, <laughs> no, I'm, um, I don't want to get arrested. Pretty, one yeah, time, I was pretty... debating with a bunch of guys about which movie was better, and it was Guardians of the Galaxy Two or Iron Man. And I really wanted to put Iron Man through because of John Favreau and for for Robert Downey Jr. and for their characters. But really, for the for the greater good, everybody needed to hear more about what we had to say about Guardians 2 because it was it was the better movie. We I mean, people, people I know. So yeah. that was quite a dilemma. That's a good. OK, that's a good example. And Jason Mendoza had a really good example, too, <laughs> with his crazy story during the episode. Um, but yeah, that it, it's super interesting, uh, th this whole concept. And yeah, with extremes and and doing that to the extreme it can get you know pretty insane with the things that you can come up with but yeah i definitely you know agree yeah. that on its base if on a smaller scale 
Sure, that makes sense. And we'll see even enough for Jason to, to understand. <laughs> right, simple <laughs> enough for Jason to understand. So yeah, and we'll see a little bit of that in this episode. So the plot lines that we're going to follow here, uh, once again, major plot line is between Chidi and Eleanor. Chidi helps Eleanor all the time, but she's not his soulmate. And so her being there is not allowing him to live his best life and he's morally obligated to her. And so he feels like he has to do it. And really what it does is it almost kind of breaks them up as a as a couple, so to speak. Um, sure. So that's I, I love that they explored. Yeah. that. That's super cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, watching this for the first time, because, again, I have not seen beyond this episode, but seeing this this you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I had totally forgotten that Chidi is owed a soulmate (laughs) that he's paired with this person. And he, and it's just like, Oh yeah, this is a thing. I mean, it was such a heavy moment when she was like, listen, I totally get it that every time you help me, you're basically ruining your chance at finding a real soulmate because I will stay here. That was heartbreaking. Like that was, you're right. I had, it hadn't occurred to me. I'm shocked it occurred to Eleanor, but that's probably his teachings coming through because this was a moment where it was like, wow, he's such a good guy and she is not. And do they deserve each other? Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. We, we see her super into his teachings now and that's super I don't know that that's a cool, you know, character shift that I hope continues um, that she's super wanting to, you know, she uh, at the beginning of the episode, she ran home to tell Chidi she let somebody cut in front of her at the yogurt place. <laughs> like that was kind of a big deal to her. And you, she can even see those changes because she was like Kevin said, is snot or it's or is not whether he said is not or snot. <laughs> Same thing. She's both. But <laughs> in her past life, like, yeah, she was bad. And she she's even noticing that this is some change that Chidi is doing well on her. And this is, you know, good. But now we see it from his perspective. This is kind of not fun. He's supposed to be in paradise. Right. <laughs> this is supposed to be. He even says, what did he say? He wants to be on a boat reading poetry in French and drinking wine. Yeah. And he's not doing it. And then she's like, that's your idea of a perfect time? Yeah. (laughs) She's kind of perfect. Completely. That's his butthole. I love love the the back and forth between them, though, because they are truly like very different people. And we see right from the very first scene there, a couple of things. One, all of the frozen yogurt flavors, because apparently that's Michael's way of trying to, to make up to the community for everything going bad is to just give them like 70 million frozen yogurt flavors. But yeah, she instinctively makes a good decision, goes back to tell him and then instinctively makes a bad decision and says, ah, oh, I forgot your yogurt, but it's so hot. And I ran all the way over there. Can you get it? Yeah. And you know, she has to, no, no. Okay. I'm going to do it. Cause good person. And the other thing that I liked about that scene was where she was describing what she normally would have done, like take her time, get a whole bunch of extra things. And Chidi just looks at her with complete bewilderment, like, you would actually do that? These are things that you would do? (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But, yeah, let's, let's just keep going down this, because the way this episode is structured, there's really no Jason. It's, it's pretty much, 
Eleanor and Chidi and then Michael and Tahani and Tahani's kind of the flashback character for this one. So we see some of her backstory. So let's just keep going down. Oh, I don't know. Jason was in the background taking waffles like half the time. Oh yeah. He was wolfing down waffles. (laughs) In the, in the first, like like after the, the initial scene, when we get in the classroom, Jason's excuse to leave. And this is important to the plot is, uh, Tahani is throwing a brunch party and I would like to get there before all the waffles are gone. And Chidi's like, yeah, man, go. And he like skips out of the room. And the funny thing about that is I was at work this week and I saw this little girl, like, I don't know, 11 years old, skipping down the hallway. And I thought to myself, (sighs) when was the last time I skipped? And I couldn't remember the last time I skipped. Like I was probably a child the last time I skipped. Maybe being goofy as an adult at some point, but I don't remember skipping. And Chidi just like skipped. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Jason just skipped right out of this place to get back to the waffles. Skipped on out. But what that did yep. was it. I'm not going to lie. You I skipped, skipped today? today. Where? Oh, yeah. Right down the main hallway know. at work. Shut up. Kevin he skipped down the hallway. How, oh, I why actually did. Skip did. Down the hallway? I skip what all the damn time. Skipping for? I don't know. I was happy. Leave me alone. There was a kid. Kevin was, happy? Was, they were Kevin. skipping. I skipped. Can I'm we skip happy. on Saturday? Come on. Together, you and me. Yeah. Can we skip? <laughs> we don't have to like hold hands or anything. But we what can just skip together. We'll we'll work it out. We can right. hold hands. I don't I'm care. Forward to this. Two bros skipping yeah, in the two hot bros, tub. Two bros can skip. Uh, but I'm down with it. But anyways, <laughs> Jason leaves. It's just Jason boys leaves, helping boys. and that's important to the plot because Chidi and Eleanor have to be alone because the next thing that happens is she's just her mind is horny and she wants to learn and he's trying to put it off and he's trying to be a nice guy. And she's like, what's wrong? He's like, nothing. And he won't tell her because he's trying to be nice. But the real bottom line is he's getting a little kind of bored of this full time Eleanor job. But this comes to a head. They are at loggerheads. They're ready to fight. And then Chidi's going to move out. And what happens? Isn't it weird that as soon as Chidi's going to move out, this alert goes off and Michael says, everybody must stay in their house. Nobody can leave anywhere because of the sinkhole, because it's almost too perfect. It's weird. It's almost too much like a sitcom. What? <laughs> right. It's like it's scripted. Uh, That's so but awful. So then we cut forward to like, it's been three days and apparently they're not, they just haven't spoken for three days. And She's telling him that the dishes are piling up and they used to magically disappear. And then he goes, no, I did the dishes. And she said, well, what's wrong with these ones? And they're fighting again. And then all of a sudden. I feel so bad for Chidi. Uh, this episode really made me feel bad for him. Because like, yeah, all the stuff with the soulmate thing and then all the things that he does for her that she doesn't know is him probably i know i love when she was like i used to leave the dishes in the sink overnight and then they'd magically be clean and he's like no bitch i would do them (laughs) yeah and then she's but then she just you know typical old eleanor well what's wrong with these bad boys like if this is your thing why aren't you doing these ones just no apologies they're they're in a real fight they're in a legit fight at this point and uh so then michael knocks on the door and in comes this couple and they want to live with them for a few days for safety for some reason. Yeah, I mean, Nina and Bert and their house was right next to the sinkhole and they are horny for <laughs> Eleanor and Chidi. Like, totally. I'm I'm not lying. The scene where they were offering the massage and then Chidi's like, we're going to go to bed. Bert stood up. Yeah, he was like, like Bert no, was going with him. What? Yeah, no, 
alone. <laughs> oh, okay, no, yeah. cool. Yeah, so they get so um, so these guys are again, oddly, uh, basically an identity theft superhuman lie detector and a marriage counselor who wrote a book on how to spot problems in a relationship from a thousand miles away or some very long distance. Let's put it that way. And here are these two people pretending to be a couple, one person pretending to be someone she's not, and they're in a fight. That is a recipe for disaster because they are now stuck here because Michael has granted them their horny wish of being together in this place. Uh, yeah. That's, an, I don't know. It, it, it's... It's pretty funny, super comical, super sitcom-y, like, oh my God, this is what, exactly what we don't need right now. Right. And it's, it's really, it's still really funny. It's, The Good Place does it right. It, it is, because Chidi really and Ellen, I mean, Chidi and Ellen are fighting in a room. They don't realize somehow that there's a glass window and this couple can see them fighting so of course what do they want to do they want to strip them down and they want to they want to get them to to talk about their feelings and what's going on and they actually have like a legit good conversation about it am i right yeah yeah definitely pinpointing what's going on and they find out that chidi's hiding something (laughs) (laughs) that he's the one he's like oh yeah Chidi's hiding something. Uh huh. Sure. That was the funny part because he's he like the kinda... lie detector, and he goes, "Someone's hiding something." And you know, Eleanor's getting nervous. And he's like, "It's you." And what, Chidi? What? Yeah. But so the thing that Chidi's hiding is well, we'll get onto that in a second because I have another question to pose. So we see this throughout the Good Place, like these two people who are soulmates and they're couples now, right? And it's a weird thing for me to think about because were they couples on Earth? Were, were these people together on Earth or were these because in, in our little group of four, these were people who were all single. So they're paired up. So we're we're, right. we're brought to this soulmate idea where there's four single people who are being paired up with other single people and being granted this soulmate. But think about the people on Earth who were married. Do are, are, is their spouse equally as good? Do they end up in the same place? Or what happens when you married this person? As good as they are, you sure they lived their life faithfully to them, thinking they have their soulmate. Now they're in eternity with someone else. How do you flip that switch and warm up to this other person that same way? Weird conundrum in my mind, this whole other dynamic. I mean, honestly, you have to factor into that, too. The timing of when people died, like how how has is this all simultaneous? Has a hundred years passed on Earth like did these people die and wake up at a specific time? Did they all die at the same time? If you're with your soulmate and that was someone you were married to on earth, did they die at the same time as you? Like, I'm so confused by how this works logistically. Sure. And we don't have all the facts about time or when, if, you know, people dying at a certain time, does that affect anything? Or is this all happening, like you already said, simultaneously? All that stuff. We don't have enough facts. We don't have enough uh, knowledge about how this world works in that way. But, you know, it, the, the couple that, that are living with Chidi and Eleanor, I I have a feeling they were married before. Like, married to somebody else. Yeah. Married to other people. I, get, I, I don't know why I got that feeling that they were married on Earth. They came to the good place and they were intelligent enough to say... Hey, we're the soul, we're soulmates. Let's you know, let's work it out. And they found their own thing, and now they're swinging. And maybe that's, and that's why okay. they're so into swinging. 
because they're like, well, yeah. you know, I got a new soulmate. I got a new place to to put it. So let's we, now. Well, let's just share it all around. You know, it's a little. Sure. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. But so yeah, yeah so they break Awkward. things down. They they tell, you know, Chidi's the one hiding stuff. And Chidi essentially says, Listen, I didn't have a soulmate on Earth and I was so excited to get one. And he to Chidi's credit puts it very delicately. It wasn't it hasn't been exactly what I expected it to be. Not not just that he didn't have a soulmate, he has never had anybody. That's what he admits. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Anybody that he loves, yeah. Is what he said. But, yeah. Yeah, he's he's never had anybody like that. And that's kind of, you know, I don't know. That kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, apparently he's like super, was an amazing professor, I guess, and did so many good things. He's in the good place. I mean, that's got to be for, that's got to be something, but he's never had anybody. And what they deduce is that it's just all of a shock to him right. and that it's just so overwhelming and everything like that. Yeah, and it's quite a revelation, and it even sinks into Eleanor's head. You can see kind of in that moment that she's like, damn, like, I'm not what he wanted. And and that's, I get that, because they are very different people. Okay, so let's let's switch gears here. Let's rewind it back uh, towards the beginning, and let's go to the Michael and Tahani storyline. So uh, Tahani has everybody over for the brunch party. Jason just got there, and that's when the announcement goes off. So now everybody's stuck in i put stuck because it's freaking tahani's house it's like a small city and yeah she yeah and she endless of course brunch. is setting up activities and games and endless brunch and all that kind of stuff uh but michael janet comes and tells michael we have a what is it uh code 55 i wrote that down somewhere where the heck is it it's the name of the episode yeah a category <laughs> 55 emergency doomsday crisis man Oh, it's normal. It's perfectly normal. I'm just going to walk out of here the way that I do when things are normal. <laughs> that was another good quote. I like that one a lot. So yeah, uh, do, do you have a room, Tahani, where we could go and be? Where if I screamed really loud in terror, nobody could hear us? Also, why didn't they just put the couple in Tahani's house? Uh, they wanted- because there was a point to this. I know. Those that couple wanted to bone Chidi and Eleanor. Yeah. We established uh, this. I just don't want to believe There's it. Too much swinging to be done in the mansion. I mean, they would, come on, they would okay. just. They needed to focus their oh, energy. Oh God. Uh, so yeah, so sure. so Tahani gives Michael and and uh, Janet a room, and she eavesdrops from the outside that the sinkhole is not repairing itself, and they don't have any idea why it's not repairing themselves. So they so they go out and try and figure it out. Tahani goes into the little Michael computer, and stumbles upon other things such as the fact that everybody in the good place neighborhood is ranked i think it's one to 324 which i think answered one of our episode questions from last week how many people are there yeah but or how many listeners they my podcast exactly would get you would get 324 in the good place. yep or 323. Well, you want to listen to your own, maybe. I don't know. So she she goes down the rankings and she sees that uh, Gianyu, oh, my love is number two. So wonderful. And then she's like, Eleanor is number six. And that really kind of rubs her the wrong way. And then she keeps scrolling and she's second to last. Everything we know about Tahani, that just crushes her to her core. I think that would crush me too. And as soon as I... As soon as I see that, and as soon as I see that she's trying to to affect her listing, 
I'm sitting here saying, how do we know this list can move? Like, is this a static list? Mm -hmm. And I love that by the end, we get the answer from Michael that the list doesn't move. Like, they don't care what she does here. She got here. Right. That's all that matters. Yeah. That he that she's the top whatever percent of the billions of people that are on the, the in the world. But really, that that would kind of bug me, too. And I feel kind of bad to say that it would. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, I think I have what, what she kind of had is just like, she wants to be the best and she wants to keep trying and do the best that she can and, and to get some sort of recognition that she never got. And like, I don't know. I feel that. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Now we get the flashback, you know, to her life and it starts to clue us in as to some of Tahani's motives because man, as good a life as she had, it was a not a great life it was kind of really good and really bad all at the same time yeah i mean her sister was pretty cool though right (laughs) her sister was the youngest person to ever graduate oxford oh my god wrote a grammy winning album that she made a documentary about that won a bafta award that she won a gold medal in the olympics that i mean you name it this girl is perfect and even when we see it as as youngsters she's like doing perfect sculptures that are going in museums and Tahani's putting a hat on a bird, which is still a lovely little painting for a girl of that age. But it's sure, but she's going into her abstract phase at like seven. (laughs) So Tahani's rich. Tahani's got all of the things that money can buy, but she doesn't have the love and support of her family because her sister, uh, Camila, I think is her name, is just overshadowing her in every way. Yeah, they even in one of the flashbacks, they even say that her parents misspelled her name on the will. And that's just the icing on the cake. And that sucks. Brutal. Yeah. So we get why Tahani's trying to do what Tahani's trying to do. And and one of the things she's trying to do is to to make brunch better and, and to give more activities. And she goes back to check the rankings and she hasn't moved. So her next step. Is to go right to the source and kiss up, and she brings a basket of goodies to Janet and Michael, who are right next to the sinkhole. And this did not turn out as she had expected. <laughs> no. Jeez, no. That sinkhole looks huge boop. as well. It's getting bigger. Yeah, she goes a little <laughs> weird. Yeah, so she turns into a Picasso <laughs> painting, and she got booped and knocked her out. We go back. Michael is like, Tahani, why would you do something so stupid? And she kind of confesses her deepest you know, insecurities to Michael. And he reassures her that, listen, you were 324 or 325 here, but you were one in a million on earth and you belong here. And the rankings don't change. Nothing you can do can make that better. And so she kind of accepts this and and so so on and so forth. But then to tie up loose ends, we cut back and uh, Eleanor has done something really nice for Chidi. What what did her revelations of last night bring to, to their relationship? That she's not going to be his soulmate, but, you know, she can try and make it the best for him and them together while he's helping her and they're going to be best friends. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. She put him in a boat and pushed him out like, <laughs> hello, Eleanor, fucking figure out that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about and has no idea how to row a boat. Come on, you're smart. This is the best part. She's doing like the nicest thing in the world for him. She sets up what he said was his kind of dream day, the boat, the champagne, the French poetry. She tells him, listen, I totally understand that I'm not what you want. 
and maybe we'll never be soulmates, but we can be friends. But here's a little sign in typical charming Eleanor fashion that says, fork off and show this to me whenever I'm getting on your nerves (laughs) or when I'm bumming you out. And they have a real connection here. He's laughing at her in a very, I'll say, enchanted way. Like, this isn't just like your normal, she's funny. This is like, this girl's really cute. Like, this is, I like what no, she's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a playful, flirty in the past, laughter. Sure. In this episode, and I think the past two episodes, I definitely felt that from Chidi, where he's kind of coming around to her, but in that deeper sense of the word. And I don't know yeah. where this is going to go, but I mean, I definitely feel that he he gives her that those eyes right. and it's like oh and I don't know where it that goes. Eleanor has those types of feelings for anybody but she was definitely ready to jump his bones twice early in the episode. So oh yeah, real quick. There's oh, yeah. definitely things going on in both directions. They may be different things, but to, but... to be fair, I I mean not to say anything or imply anything, but she seemed pretty quick to that kind of stuff. So it doesn't seem like a big yeah, deal to her. True, pretty true. But then she yeah, Kevin I says mean, she pushes him out in the boat. And it is one of those great cheaty scenes where he's like, this was more a hypothetical thing. And then just yells out to the to the open ocean, essentially, this giant lake. How do you row a boat? How do I row a boat? <laughs> that was like a great, that was almost um, my out of context quote of the week, just because of how well he said right? that. And so, you know. It was just one line, but that was so extreme cheaty and extreme fear. And you can tell the difference in the way he portrayed the line. It was kind of fantastic. William Jackson Harper is is just getting me every week. I'm I'm digging his acting performance. But then in typical New Place fashion, there's one left, one twist left. And uh, basically the sinkhole has healed itself. And you see the smile in Eleanor's face because she gets it. It's like she and Chidi repaired their relationship and that repaired the sinkhole. But Michael, as much as he's pretending to be happy, has no idea. And this scares the ever loving shirt out of him. Yeah. And so he turns yeah. to Eleanor and says, we're going to get, cause she's his assistant. We're going to get to the bottom of this. You and me tomorrow. And to, Eleanor, that's basically the scariest thing that she could hear. And cut to the end. And Fremulon and all that stuff. <laughs> Every yeah. God, this was a fun episode. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Good episode. It was good. I yeah, love the show's starting it to hit its nice. stride because you didn't really even need that big blockbuster moment, but you still had a lot of fun because we know and are <laughs> learning so much about these characters now. And they're good. They're well-rounded, funny characters. Yeah. I can't wait for yeah, next week. We had a week. ton of backstory, a ton of good storyline, and we, you know, they did it at a perfect time because now we're kind of on like, I don't know, a lot of things are happening with every character and it's interesting. Yes. And now it's it's going to get crazy. We're, so I we're can't wait. stride here. So that's it. Perfect. That's episode five of The Good Place. That's also episode five of five of everything is fine a good place podcast that's us you can find us on social media on our facebook discussion group by searching everything is fine on facebook however you navigate there you can also find the find the instagram page everything is fine podcast by searching that there we are also on nerdythingspod.com we are also linked to the Nerdy Things podcast. You can listen to Jules, Kevin, and Tim do more cool stuff there. You can also go to iTunes and leave us a review and rate us. We'd really appreciate that. But please, amongst all those other things, join us back here next Monday where we'll discuss 
episode six as we continue to power through and get you caught up before the season three premiere when we can go through this together and have real life conjecture and guessing what's going on in this crazy show that hasn't even begun to be tipped on its head yet sorry jules that's happening so i'm ready thank you guys for joining us and as always have a great rest of your day thanks everyone bye